Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Is gold losing its shine? We ask what this week's price swings say about its safe haven status. Are pension savers getting a fair deal? We assess a new move to improve your income choices. And is a best buy savings account really the best? We find out who's top of the charts. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent. I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. Joe Cumbo. Hello. And Elaine Moore. Hello. And our special studio guest, Stephen Lowe, board member of the Pension Income Choice Association. Hello. Let's start then with the money news. This week, the gold price hit the headlines on successive days, plummeting by 6% on Monday morning, bouncing back by 6.5% in the next 24 hours, and falling by another 3% by midday on Thursday. For a supposed safe haven, immune to the volatility of equity and bond markets, these were extraordinary price moves. They mean that investors who sought sanctuary in gold bullion or other gold investments during the summer debt crises have seen their holdings fall by around 14% since the end of August. They also call into question the belief that gold is a better hedge against volatility and rising inflation than cash deposits. Gold, of course, unlike cash, offers no interest or yield, and now seemingly no protection of your capital when it's invested. Alice, what's been going on with gold? It's it's really quite odd. I know. I've been speaking to people about it this week, because what happened last week was that you had this massive market panic. Everyone was selling everything. And the whole point of gold is supposed to be that it retains its value when everything else is going down. You know, it's always... Um, build as this hedge against, you know, the global economy completely failing. And that, you know, was what people were a little bit scared of last week. But gold got sold off as well. And, you know, it's lost kind of 20% of its value since in the past couple of months. Um, so, you know, the question is, why has that been happening? Exactly. Yes, because I, I think of it as a sort of barometer of fear. Mm. Uh, and I haven't really noticed people becoming any less fearful the last few days. Well, what's what we think is happening is that probably institutional investors last week, there was a lot of panic. They needed to raise cash. Um, they needed to give money to people who wanted to get their cash back. So what do they do? They sell in an area where there have been massive profits recently. Um, you know, a lot of people worrying about the gold price having almost hit $2,000 an ounce. You know, only two or three years ago, it was $750 an ounce, you know, so it's completely rocketed. So that's 
that's what we think was happening. They were taking profits in gold um, to return to investors, but it, it wasn't any kind of signal about, um, you know, the gold price momentum in the medium term. And uh, those uh, gold enthusiasts who are often referred to as gold bugs, um, is there any sign that they are becoming a you know, little less fanatical about the, the shiny stuff? Well, basically, some people who, um, some wealth managers that I spoke to this week who generally have positions in gold did reduce them last week. Um, I spoke to Casanova Capital, for example, and they had completely sold out of their gold holdings altogether um, with the recent volatility because they just felt that the price had gone up too much. Um, and But they think that they will get back in if it falls a little bit more because it, it is, as I speak, it's Thursday morning right now, it's about um, 1630 dollars I think, an ounce. And uh, the feeling is if that falls a little bit further, then that would be a good time to buy because what actually happened in 2008 when there was this similar financial crisis was that there was also a short-term sell-off in gold along with everything else because that's the initial panic is everything sells off but then gold bounced back very very quickly after that and nothing else did bounce back gold ended the year up six percent everything else virtually everything else was down some things were down like 50 percent so i think that's the view here that last week was a bit of a wobble but that the fundamental idea of gold still retaining its value of everything else is going downhill is still a good story. The thing I always find uh, quite hard to understand is why, if you're looking for an absolute safe haven, would you go into an asset class that can fall in value? Why not go into cash? And I, I put this to every wealth manager that I meet, and they say, oh, no, our clients, our clients will not pay us fees for holding cash. Well, I would have paid someone a fee who put me into cash at the, you know, earlier this year and saved me all these losses. Well, I think, that's, um, I think there are two reasons, and one is the more cynical one that you suggest, which is that... Um, you know, if you're paying your wealth manager fees of 1.52% a year just for them to open a cash account for you, you could have done that yourself. Um, the perhaps less cynical view is that um, with inflation so high at the moment, it's about 5%, um, as we've talked about time and time again on this podcast um, and in the paper, you can't really get a return on cash that's going to beat inflation. It's very, very hard to find. So you have the certainty at the moment, if you're in cash, that you will be losing money in real terms. And you don't have that certainty with gold, even though you're taking a bit of a risk with the capital value. You know, the feeling is that gold will rise above inflation. And indeed, it still has risen above inflation this year. So I think that's I think that's the trade off that they're trying to decide between. And you are having to uh, well put your trust, though, in the uh, investment manager to time the entry into gold. Just just finally, have you have you seen any evidence this week of uh, the people who've been coming out of gold or selling off going into cash or they're going into other assets? Well, actually, some people are going back into gold. I just um, I just spoke to... Yes, it's been five minutes. <laughs> exactly. So they've probably, probably gone back in as we've been speaking. Yeah, ECFS uh, Securities um, told me that Tuesday and Wednesday it saw massive inflows that almost made up for all of the outflows that it had had in the past month. Um, some people are buying equities, actually. Um, which, you know, you wouldn't expect at all. But if you, you know, if you think about the risks of all these things and you think about long-term equity valuations, I think some people on that basis are buying equities because of the massive sell-off. Yeah, and uh, high-yield bonds, I'm hearing as well. So mm. <laughs> there's always an opportunity in a crisis. Thanks uh, for that, Alice. And for more on the relative merits of gold, cash uh, and other safe havens and where private investors have been putting their money, uh, make sure you read Alice's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money.
Still to come on the show, is a Best Buy as good as it gets, or can you do better? First, though, pension income. This week, the Association of British Insurers, the industry body for the major pension providers, announced new rules governing the sale of annuities, the insurance contracts that convert your pension fund into an income for life. Under a new initiative to be introduced early next year, pension providers will be banned from including application forms for their own annuities in letters sent to customers who are approaching retirement. This measure is designed to prevent the 350,000 individuals who currently turn 65 each year and simply sign the application form for the annuity and fail to seek higher levels of retirement income from other pension providers. According to some estimates, just signing this form can cost pensioners retiring in any single year £3.3 billion in lost income over the course of their retirement. Joe, this sounds like a long overdue and sensible move. The the open market option, which is uh, the right to shop around for an annuity, has been around for many decades now, but still less than half of people, according to recent figures, are, sh- are using the open market option, actually signing and shifting their business to another provider. Now, given all the pressures on pension income, um, it, it's, it seems crazy that people, more people aren't shopping around to get the best and to maximise their retirement income, just as they would do shopping around for car insurance and or home insurance to get a great deal. And to discuss this with me uh, is Stephen Lowe from the Pension Income Choice Association. So Stephen, why aren't more people shopping around for an annuity? I think the main reason, Joe, is that customers don't realise that they can shop around. Um, I think, as you said, a significant proportion of customers are buying their annuity from the same company where they save for their pension. And actually, there are two separate parts to retirement. There's the part where you save and then the part where you make a decision to actually purchase an income, which is for the rest of your life. So customers don't understand, and we are working hard to make sure we do a better job of simplifying that communication and actually motivating them to engage a little more in the process. It is a big decision because once you buy an annuity, there's no going back. Uh, You're locked into a rate for life with a guaranteed annuity. You've brought in some figures just to to illustrate the the big difference in between the best and the worst rates in the market. That's right. Um, Compared to the, the worst rates in the market and the best, customers could actually increase their income by anywhere between 10 to 40%. Now, given that the average annuity is probably, the fund is about £50,000 a year, that could lead to somewhere in the region of £600 to £1,200 extra for every year of their retirement. And given that people may be in retirement for 10 or 20 years, we're talking about thousands and thousands of pounds. So shopping around seeks to reward customers. We have to find ways to ensure that they engage. Now, the ABI, the industry body, um, acknowledges that more needs to be done to prompt people to shop around and that they've got this new initiative, which is to take out um, the annuity application packs. They're going to stop putting that in the letters so people won't simply return that. They've got to think about things a bit more. Isn't this a good step? It is a good step, and the ABI should be applauded for getting their members to support that step. However, um, the Pension Income Choice Association has been working with the ABI and the Department for Work and Pensions to generate a series of measures that we think are far wider and will help customers. You don't think this is going far enough? No, I don't think it is. Um, But it is a good step. 
But I think there are two or three things that we need to do to ensure that customers engage more successfully in the process. Um, and we hope that the ABI will recommend to its members that to go further than just the removal of the application form. So what would you like to see done? I'd like um, the personal illustrations that currently get sent to customers um, to be withdrawn because often customers need to be asked for some basic information before a personalised illustration um, can be created. Let me give you an example. Um, if you ask the customer three basic questions, are you taking any medication? Have you had any period of hospitalisation? Or do you smoke or drink? Answering yes to any one of those questions could increase a customer's income by as much as 20 or 30%. So all listeners, please make sure that you disclose to your current pension provider the answers to those three questions. The, the initiative by insurers won't come into effect for a couple of months now into the early uh, part of next year. If you're um, looking at your income uh, options now for retirement, what, what should you be doing? Keep thinking about the shopping around question. Disclose to your current pension provider the answers to those questions about your health and lifestyle. Ensure that they act upon it to get you the very best deal. I'd also always recommend taking independent financial advice. Many thanks, Stephen. Yes, thanks, Stephen and Joe. And for more on your options at retirement and the best of the annuity rates currently available, look out for Joe's article in the money section of this weekend's FT. And it'll also be on the website at ft.com forward slash money. Also, you can read all of the answers to your pension questions, uh, answers from Joe and from specialist advisor Francis Kanoski, uh, who took part in the online Q&A earlier this week. The answers are posted at ft.com forward slash pensions Q&A. And finally today, best buy accounts. Here's a simple question. How do you find the best savings account on the market? Look at the latest best buy tables, right? Wrong. These tables of savings accounts and credit cards and mortgages can give conflicting information on the most suitable financial products, as they use different criteria to assess interest rates, terms and conditions. In fact, the financial information providers and price comparison websites now have their own rating systems to differentiate between the most useful products and those with the highest headline rates. Some still pick the products with the best rates, but others put greater value on consistency or customer service. Elaine, the trouble with this is, how do I know what's best? You need to keep your wits about you when you're looking at Best Buy tables. It seems as though you have a choice between two types of Best Buy tables. You have the ones that show you the best rates, and that's fairly clear and easy to understand. You know, you've got a savings rate of 3.25% or you've got a current account that's offering to pay you 5% interest on credit held. That's clearly at the top of the market. But then you've got the other side, which differs completely from the providers on the best rate tables. And those are the ones that have the best uh, customer performance, the ones that get the highest satisfaction rates from their consumers that have been asked. So we've put together a table in FT Money this week looking at some of the different uh, aggregators and the best buys that they recommend. And what's quite interesting is that the providers and the products that are recommended differ completely across the range. Uh, I find that, uh, well, um, somewhat uh, unsettling in that I've always looked at these best buy tables and thought, well, if something is near the, uh, the top of the table, it must be worth uh, further consideration. How, how do you know 
which company is using which set of you know criteria it's quite difficult de facto for example they've got their five star rated products there's about 76 different criteria that they're looking at on each product to judge whether it's better than the other products in the market so if we took for example the Santander current account so this has got heaps of publicity we've written about it quite a lot in FT money this is the one that'll pay you 5% interest on credit that's far better than you're going to get on an easy access savings rate anywhere else there are a lot of limits to um, this account so you have to pay in at least £1,000 every single month if you don't pay that money in they'll charge you a £2 underfunding fee they'll also pay you no interest at all on the uh, on the money that's put in so although you've got moneysupermarket.com they've chosen Santander as one of their preferred um, you know special Best Buy products uh, Money Facts as well they also pick out Santander de facto on the other hand they go for Halifax Halifax reward account pays you £5 every month, but you need to put in £1,000 a month, which the consumer group, they ignore Santander and Halifax completely and they go for First Direct. That's the online version of HSBC. But First Direct, as far as I can remember, because I've got one of their accounts, <laughs> doesn't pay interest anywhere near those levels. Nothing like it at all. It's, complete, it's of a completely different category. But what matters to people more in this kind of table is how the provider treats the consumer. And First Direct always come out on top of those sort of questionnaires. They just have some of the best customer service of any kind of provider around. And so that's what people rate. And that's why they get the best top of the table mark on which. Well, that, that's partly why I've, I've got one of their uh, accounts. It's also uh, linked to a mortgage. So I, I'm, I'm not totally, totally ignorant of the, of the Best Buy tables. Um, I imagine what happens, though, is that the uh, providers of savings accounts, credit cards, mortgages, get wise to the criteria that are used and will launch products that they know they can get into the charts. Absolutely. This is a very difficult environment for banks and financial service providers across the board. So they know that they need the publicity that comes with being at the top of a table, but at the same time, they've got their profits to worry about. They can't be giving away fantastic rates to every single person that comes along, hence the caveats that come along with some of the best products. So if you see something that has a fantastic headline rate, it will always come with terms and conditions and they will be quite strict and so if you don't meet those terms and conditions you will not get that rate this applies to current accounts easy access savings credit cards all of the ones that have the best rates they all come with the strictest conditions so what's your advice look at as many uh, best buy charts as you can and the small print and also perhaps have a look at the uh, complaints data this is something new out this week good point so we found out once again for the second uh, six month period in a row barclays have come out as the worst performer for that so they're getting more customer complaints than any others you'll notice that on the uh, best buy table barclays scores quite highly for some of their rates they're offering good rates right now so it's just something to bear in mind it certainly is and it's not as you say included in the best by tables. Uh, Elaine, thanks very much indeed. And uh, uh, for Elaine's um, combined uh, table of uh, some of the, the top accounts from three different uh, uh, sets of data provider, um, make sure you read her article in the money section of this weekend's FT. But that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you'll find all of these stories plus daily news updates, blog posts and top tips on our website, ft.com forward slash money. You can follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash ft money and if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances just email us the address is money at ft.com 
Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Joe, Alice, Elaine, and our special studio guest, Stephen Lowe of the Pension Income Choice Association. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.